Hello everyone, this is Mulder of Fears, Futures, and Fossils. Some of you might know me as Faye. Hi there, I'm Tails of Nine. Um, you can call me Ton for short. Hello, I'm just Crash. Just call me Crash. <laughs> this is the first episode of the Godzilla Roundtable. Maybe Kaiju Roundtable. We'll see where we go with this. <laughs> we'll figure and out. I guess because this is our first episode, I guess I should start us off by introducing... How we all got into, got into Godzilla. For me, I've been into Godzilla from a very young age. Like, almost as long as I can remember, I've been into Godzilla. Like, just, I got into it for my dad. And also from the from an Animal Planet documentary of all places. And it's just stuck with me through my entire life. As anyone who knows me definitely knows. So how did you get, get it, in, into a ton? Because I know you have a story with it too. Yeah, so for me with Godzilla, um, as a kid growing up... Um... I watched a lot of uh, movies on television and stuff. So for Godzilla, um, sci-fi used to show these, like, you know, monster movie marathons and stuff like that. And I would always pay attention to the Godzilla movies, and I always enjoyed them a lot. Then, of course, I was one of those kids who had a Godzilla 98 VHS that <laughs> I watched, unfortunately. <laughs> for me i wasn't a huge godzilla fan until i got back into it when um godzilla 2014 was coming out i finally watched gojira and i've been marathoning a bunch of the different eras so i'm probably pretty still a casual fan but i'm getting into the lore yes okay and how about you crash uh yeah for me godzilla was always one you know, Godzilla is one of those, like, popular IPs, and everyone knows, you know, mm-hmm. like, guys, you always see references to it, but for me, that that's that's all I ever knew about Godzilla, I never saw any of the movies, I always just kind of knew about it just from whatever references they made in other media and stuff, and it wasn't and until then last very year. recently, mm-hmm. yeah, was it last yeah, year? last year, <laughs> you know, we're like, hey, you want to watch Godzilla? Yeah, sure, why not, I'll go check it out, I guess, so we watched it, and we looked at it, I liked it. And then I also ended up seeing King of the Monsters in theaters, just kind of because. And yeah, that, that's kind of We were started. so blown. Yeah, it was all so new to me. And from that, I guess now I'm starting a new adventure. I'm going to yes. see more of the Godzilla films and see what they're like, because for me, it's all new to me. I don't literally know the only... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess literally... the only ones I know are the two most recent American ones and the original Japanese one. <laughs> Nothing in and the ninety-eight one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, that one too. <laughs> that was weird. All right. All right. Fuck all that formality. Time, time to get in, into this round table. So let's just start us off. What would you guys give Gojira out of ten? I think you guys know my answer, so I'll let you guys <laughs> oh, go first. I'm not. Uh, you can go. You go first. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll go uh, ten out of ten. I know. I know this is killing Crash because Crash hates numbers. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not good with ratings. I don't know. Because like. Obviously, no disrespect. It was a good movie, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I definitely get a good score. Maybe Crash is blown. Eight, nine, just nine, consider nine. Crash. Just consider Crash at lowest eight, at highest ten. Yeah, because it was a good movie, and I can see like a lot and, of why it's mm-hmm. so impactful. For me, it's an easy ten out of ten, but I'm but I'm a fucking nerd, so. <laughs> So I want to have you start first, Crash, because I've been waiting now an entire week <laughs> to hear what you have to say about this, because you wanted to save it for this. So what did you think of the movie? What? Okay, well, yeah, I really liked it. But one of the things I want to talk about is the fact that I felt like on paper it has like a really kind of simple concept, but like the themes they explore and what they do with it is what really makes it like stand out as a unique film. Yeah, because I mean, that's really like it. a synop- synopsis is like you know. Giant monster comes out, terrorizes town, and they take it out. Like that sounds super basic and simple. That's probably mm-hmm. what a lot of people think when they think of Godzilla. You know, that's the first thing they assume. But like when you see it, and you, and, and you start piecing things together, from, especially like time when it came out, you kind of see like what it's trying to talk about, what it's trying to represent, and all the symbolism in it. And I think that really is what makes it stand out as a movie for its time, and even like now as well. Yeah, that's the thing, really. I feel like what sets Gojira apart from other movies of that time, like, as like, as great as, like, King Kong 33 is, or, like, the lesser-known Beast from 20,000 Phantoms, how fun that movie is, Gojira is a really personal, dark movie. It's really about Japan's trauma from World War II as a whole. Not even just the atomic bombs, which is what Godzilla represents, but just, like, with Tokyo, the Tokyo firebombings of 1945... 
or just in general all the orphans and, and widows of the war. Like, I know a scene that really hit all of us was when the mother is is holding her child as Godzilla's coming through, and she's like, "We're gonna go be with, we're gonna go be with Daddy soon." That's meant to reflect all the widows of the war and all the orphans of it too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what what's what gave it such a staying power. Even if the West, unfortunately, didn't get this original version until 2004, which is not that long ago. That's not even 20 years ago, man. Yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's really interesting with Godzilla. Just um, you know how it gets sold and pitched to you as this historically relevant movie, and you're tempted to just kind of dismiss it, like. Um, I think the first time I heard of Gojira proper actually was from a video game called um, Metal Gear Solid 3. In that, there's this um, side character who's kind of a nerd who um, she rattles off about all these different movies she watches. And she tells Snake, the main character, about Godzilla. And Snake kind of just has the same reaction as most people would. It's like, oh, it's this movie about this dinosaur that's an allegory for the nuclear bomb it's just like oh yeah sure whatever that's just dumb but then you <laughs> actually watch it and there's just so much death in the movie like how it explores japanese um um indigenous culture also exploring the immediate post-war japan and even alluding to like uh-huh. re- very recent events like the um lucky dragon incident yeah, with the uh, atomic testing in the Pacific, just very intelligent in its political commentary. It it really is, and like I want to touch base on that bit of of the expression of indigenous Japanese culture because I think that is a really unique part of this movie. Like the Odo Islanders, they're not portrayed as savages or bad; they're just people trying trying to live their lives, mm-hmm. and and their whole entire lives are upended by this modern threat which was caused by Americans, in a way. And I think that's an interesting view. I was kind of thinking about something. I don't think I literally think. But it's Godzilla's supposed... I was going to say, it's Godzilla's supposed to represent like a foreign enemy they don't know. But then I remember that one island that was like, he knew about it. Godzilla, how you interpret him... Is really honestly, I think that's one of the biggest debates because I've seen Godzilla interpreted as representative of America, and I could agree with that, especially in how Godzilla, as you'll see, crash, how it becomes more and more of a friend to Japan as Japan's relations with America softened. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if that's entirely on purpose or it's just because part of it, it was also commercialism to make Godzilla <laughs> more commercially acceptable for kids. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of interesting. But the, I also heard the composer for the movie Akira. If Akube viewed Godzilla as Japan's tradition, coming back to haunt them, and 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 destroying mod- the modern um, aesthetics and weapons that Japan had adopted, which is another interesting viewpoint. Because, like you said, the Odo Islanders worshipped what they believed to be Godzilla for for eons, from what they were saying, like from the beginning of their civilization. Yeah, and it's and it's debate of was that actually Godzilla, or were they just assigning the concept of Godzilla to the big nuclear dinosaur, which I guess you could get into as, as, as a debate. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think about that. Very interesting. You know, there's a lot of layers to it. Yeah, kind of, there is. Kind of interpreted what, you can interpret how you see fit. Like, multiple viewpoints, and, like, no one's just wrong. Yeah, because that reminds me, there's another viewpoint, speaking of, of what Godzilla is, I think that people interpret him as almost a dragon in a way, too, which is an interesting viewpoint. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. That's coming. He does fly eventually. Oh my! I can't wait. Yeah. But yeah, Ton, you were saying. You were saying, Ton. Oh yeah. About the dragon stuff. Yeah. Um. You know, I can pretty see that argument. It's like Godzilla has a lot of those classic traits. He's a reptilian creature. He's chaotic and vengeful. And also, you know, breathes fire, more or less. Yeah. And it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if Hondo took some inspiration from kind mm-hmm. of just the various myths about dragons. How, like, you know, when we think dragon, we think, like, you know, uh, 
four-legged, two or two two-legged dinosaur with wings. But then you look at medieval art and dragons, ancient art, I should say, mm-hmm. in general, and dragons can be all kinds of shapes. So, you know, I could definitely see how a dragon influence Godzilla's design Same. and storyline. And and thank you, Tom, for bringing up Ashiro Honda because I think. That's a really good lead into what I was going to talk about. Just so you know, Crash, the director of of, of Godzilla, otherwise known as Gojira, was himself a World, a World War II veteran from, from, from Imperial Japan, and he was part of the of the cleanup effort for Hiroshima. I imagine he saw a lot of messed up. Yeah, he saw a lot of stuff. And he was... I'm not sure he was a pacifist, but I've heard mixings of, he, of, he was, of if he was a pacifist before the war, but after the war he took up a stance of pacifism, which is how much it affected him. Wow. And he himself spoke out against imperial Japanese war crimes, like the comfort camps in the 60s too, which took a lot of, of, of guts, because even today Japan does not like, like to talk about its war crimes <laughs> in World War II. It does not. So you can see a lot of that criticism of Imperial Japan in this movie, and of the government too, like the big scene of the government, where the government officials who are men are like, no, we have to cover this up, we can't let it be known, but the women are like, no, this must be known, because to give some historical background, the American occupation of, of Japan under um, uh, Tan, you know better, wasn't it MacArthur? Uh, yes, MacArthur. Yeah, under MacArthur, there was very strict censorship rules, and what you could and could not talk about. Wow. And I think that's partly coming coming through as well, because like Ton mentioned, the Lucky Dragon incident, which was when a Japanese fishing boat got stuck in the blast of Castle Bravo, actually, which comes up later in Godzilla Lord 2. Um, uh, they were not allowed to disclose that they were affected radioactively, and that led to, to contaminated tuna and, and similar things. Yeah, because they wanted to yeah. cover it up rather than let it be known. Yeah. Uh, and that's a really big point of allegory there. And something interesting with how it was first received was in Japan at first, people... Not, I, want, I don't want to say people because the public seemed to like it, but critics actually were offended by this movie. They were like, how dare you show this? This is so recent and serious, and you're making it with a movie with a giant monster? And Honda took a lot of heat for it. It wasn't until the American cut got released in Japan that critics softened on it, which I think is an interesting point too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I in a way, I haven't seen mm-hmm. the American cut. I don't know anything about that much. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I don't know much about that and how oh, it's changed okay. it up. But yeah, you continue. Yeah. On. I don't want to stop you. No problem. And I just want to say it's kind of interesting how you see that even today. You're like, oh, stop talking about politics in this, and it's like. Art's always been political, and it's always been criticized for that, ironically. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's really the thing, it's like, you know, you know nothing exists for, in a vacuum, especially stories. Mm-hmm. Everything's kind of inspired by current events or life experiences, even like, you know, something as simple as like a children's cartoon might like bring up topics or stuff that's relevant to the creators. Mm-hmm. And Especially now, more than ever, we have all this political, like, turmoil going on. It's, there's a lot of people who are like, you know, oh, don't talk about it, I'm just having fun. But it's like, you know, everything's been talking about it for years and years. Mm-hmm. And I and I just think it's interesting how, how it's criticized now for it. But that's been a thing forever with the politics, and it's also been criticized back then. Mm-hmm. So it's almost hypocritical to say, get politics out of my media, because it's like, you can't have one without the other. Even if you look at myths, the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is the earliest story we have, is very much a hit piece on the cold of, on the cold of, of Ishtar. It's, it, it's basically shit-talking their goddess. It's like, yo, Ishtar fucking sucks, and here's why. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a weird sentiment I see with a lot of people always complaining about the politics in whatever media. Mm-hmm. And one of the weakest examples I've ever seen is people always try to bring up a specific example of, like, you know, something in music. Oh, I remember that happening in real life. It's like, that's not the point. Like, no one's trying to say that, like, a real-ass Godzilla, like, terrorized the town. <laughs> it's like, no, it's what he represents. That's like mm-hmm. a commentary, like, you know, for politics. And I don't know why some people are so, like, dense to that and try to avoid that. <laughs> 
and act like everything's like squeaky clean, like nothing. I know, right? Nothing's ever political. It's weird. I don't know why. And and like something else, which I find real, really funny too. People go, oh, but back then they did it differently. They did it more more smart. And like usually, I can agree. Sometimes you can overdo it, but mm -hmm. it's not anywhere near as often as people say. And like people are like, oh, they were subtle about it. And no, Gojira is not subtle. It doesn't have to be. It's very overt in what it means. Mm -hmm. Like on the like the scene on the train, and the woman's like, I I barely survived Nagasaki. That's not subtle. She's being open that she's a survivor of the atomic bombs, being menaced by another atomic created, create, created being. I guess. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. like, it it was never subtle. If you thought it was subtle, you just weren't paying attention. That's just how it is. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. And and it's like people are like, oh, shut up and just get back to making movies. And it's funny because like Hondo was basically told that like no. Don't make it about this. You're not doing it right. And Honda was like, laughing my ass off, no, and kept doing that. <laughs> like, you'll see more and more Crash. How Even though the Godzilla films themselves soften a little bit, there's still a lot of commentary about, like, capitalism. And, like, you could even... I know Honda himself said a movie coming up wasn't about the Cold War, but I can't help but still read into it being about the Cold War. <laughs> you'll see it soon, though. It, it's coming up soon. Yeah. Wow, well, I'm excited to see more about it. There's like 50 films, right? <laughs> Not that much. Um, uh, there's 30-something. Let me look now, actually, because I have the power of Google. <laughs> Let's see. Godzilla Films list. I think it's 33. That, that's my feeling. But I might be wrong. Let me look. Yep, there is indeed 32 just Japanese ones. And if we count Hollywood, there is 30, 30, There's 35 released. Oh my. <laughs> 36 if we count versus Kong, if that movie ever comes out. Of course. One day. <laughs> well, it'll be it'll be 2040 and they'll be like the late 2041. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> and me and Pokes will be suffering. And Ton as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll be <leave it> there. <laughs> So speaking of the dragon stuff, I did want to show off some early concept art that was for, that was for Gojira because I think it's interesting to see what they were going for in regards to those early concepts and how much that they were not they were even less subtle originally. I just have to pull it up real quick. Good thing I have it saved, but my monster design folder is massive, so <laughs> let me see. Do I have it? Yes, I do have it titled under this. Let me pull it up. This is one of them. And the other one. But you can talk about that one while I pull up this other one. The good old mushroom cloud head. <laughs> it's super freaky. Mm -hmm. Oh, and just a funny story. <laughs> the reason why Godzilla is called Gojira, which means... I'm sure everyone else... Who listens to this is the Godzilla fan knows this, but Gojira means gorilla whale actually in Japanese. Yeah, because that was one of the original designs they had. <laughs> That's interesting. But yeah, you could see how they originally were even going for him looking like a mushroom cloud. Yeah, now I've seen this picture. I see what you mean. Mm -hmm. It's kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really disturbing and weird. Mm-hmm. And this was another piece of concept art, and you could see the dragon Oni influence. Which is interesting, because in Japanese mythology, unlike Chinese mythology, dragons tend to be very destructive. More like European dragons, where they're like, they're not evil per se, like in Europe, but they're not good either. They're very much neutral. And I think that's something that Honda was trying to say with Godzilla 2, because Honda made sure to humanize well, not really humanized, but more make Godzilla sympathetic, like the scene of Godzilla sleeping on the ocean floor, showing that he's an animal who is just as much caught up in this mm. as the humans were. He didn't choose to be mutated by this. And that's a scene that the Godzilla films will bring up again and again, as you'll see, Crash. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting how Godzilla is really explored as a living being even this early. Like, um, 
This was this mm-hmm. came out in 1954, which was kind of in America, the height of the monster movie era, which was kind of like yeah. films like Beast from 20,000. Um, and them. Them, yep. Giant Ants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or my favorite, the Giant Claw. <laughs> but, um... Yeah. And all those movies and those the monsters are just these kind of snarling beasts that, you know, the rugged guy with the beard has to <laughs> blow up. <laughs> and it has, like, a hot lady on his shoulder. It, while that does kind of happen in um, Gojira with um, mm-hmm. the main human cast. Um, I, forgot. I forgot the main guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, which main guy? There's two. Well, not Sarah's eye with the iPad. Um, um, uh, Ogata. Yeah, Ogata. Ogata? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Ogata. Played by Akira Takarada, who's, who's, who will be in a lot more Godzilla movies. Really? But not as Ogata, sadly. Is it not the same character? Are they, no, are they but... In the same... Everyone's... Are they all separate? I'm confused. Like, um, no, okay. Let me... Okay, time to get into really big Godzilla lore nerd shit. <laughs> okay. Okay, Crash. There is four eras of Godzilla movies. We're currently in the Showa era, then after Emperor Showa, who was around during this era, from 1954 to 1975. All of these movies take place in the same universe. So everything from Gojira up until Terror Mechagodzilla is one is one universe. Okay. Then in 1984, they rebooted the franchise with Return of Godzilla, which only took Gojira into account. Everything else was non-canon. And this started what would be called the Heisei era, after the Emperor of Japan who took over from 1989 to 2019. And every movie from from Return of Godzilla to Godzilla vs. Destoroya is one continuity. But Gojira is also canon, if that makes sense. Like the original? Yeah. So they they kind of like plopped it in there, I guess. Yeah. Okay, from here on now. Yeah, no, I've seen the movies kind of like Halloween did. Yeah. Yeah. Very much like Halloween. (laughs) And then it's another era after that. Yes. Then there's a Millennium era, which started in 1999, and it's named after the new after the new millennium. Every movie here, besides two, is in their own continuity, which gets very confusing. Okay, so and from they, 1999 onwards, it's all separate. Okay. Nope. Nope. Besides two, it's not actually crash. It's getting wilder. <laughs> from 1999 to 2004. Starting with Godzilla 2000 to Godzilla Final Wars, every movie besides Godzilla against Mega Godzilla and Godzilla Tokyo SOS are in their own continuity that only follow up Gojira. So they have like ten thousand sequels to. Yes, they're and they're all their own continuity. That, that, then that's in twenty fourteen, like, like so I know, right? Fuck the sequel. Should use the original. We'll just follow up on that one every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's literally what happened. They all follow up on, on only Gojira and no other Godzilla movies. <laughs> and then, starting in 2014 with the one you, you saw crash, that begins the legendary slash Reiwa era. And Godzilla 2014 and King of the Monsters are their own continuity. Then you have Shin Godzilla, which is, which is a standalone movie and, and it won't be getting a sequel. And that has no connection to any other movies. Um, uh, Godzilla 2014 kind of has a connection to Gojira, but it's almost like an alternate universe of Gojira where America intervened. That's how Gareth Edwards explained it a while back. That's how he imagined it. Uh-huh. Where if America found Godzilla first and was like, fuck it, we're bombing this thing into oblivion. And that's where the discrepancy <laughs> happened. Mm-hmm. And then you get, and then you get the anime movies, which are in their own continuity, and that's a trilogy. Okay. So there's so there's a bunch of different continuities, but all but all you have to rem- remember right now, Crash, is everything until 1975 is is together. Okay. Yeah, for the first two areas, it would be easy to follow. Yeah, I'll have to explain it to you because it it's very dank and very big. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of like you said, like the slasher movies, like how Jason <laughs> and Freddy and Michael Myers all have their own continuities within continuities. <laughs> yeah, they do it a lot. <laughs> Okay. Or, or, or as me and Ton can can relate to, how many fucking continuities there is for Gundam? <laughs> oh yeah, about there. There's so many. At least it's not as bad as Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. I love talking about it. Just <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so funny. That's very interesting. What's the, what's the next Godzilla one? Godzilla raids again, which raids in, introduces. Again. Yep, which introduces Angiris, who was the first ever monster that Godzilla fought. Yeah. And, the, and this is a poster. I was gonna say, um, I I guess I'm so used to the idea of Godzilla fighting. Yeah. There's only two. There's only two movies where Godzilla's by himself with no other monsters. That, that this way. movie, this movie, and and Return of Godzilla in 1984, only two where there's no other monster. So because, and I guess. Oh wait, I forgot a movie. G98. If we count oh, yeah. that. Forgot that. <laughs> yeah, that was just him. Taking yeah. So there's only three movies. My bad. Oh my goodness! I think that Godzilla's a she. Yeah. She lays eggs. She's a mom. Yeah. It's 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 really weird. But the director of that movie insists that his Godzilla's a guy. Somehow. But like in the movie, they're like, it's a she. How do you do that? I know, right? It it, it, it... <laughs> And and the thing is, they even gave that Godzilla accurate um bottom parts. I'll just say. Oh, nice. <laughs> Crash! You're gonna get us demonetized. <laughs> it's so dang. It is. Well, let me not talk about G98, or, or I'll get in, into a giant rant on why that movie. We'll save that for another episode. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Are we gonna rewatch 98? I guess we should. Oh uh, yeah, it, yeah. Well, that movie is so dank. I, 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 but anyways, going back to Gojira yeah. though, I want to start off with something which I found really funny. Crash. And that was when you saw the movie was ending. <laughs> I don't know, just the way it all happened, it felt like it, it could have been a natural conclusion, but obviously, you know, <laughs> they kept going. Because that was after, you know, Godzilla went away, and we were seeing the aftermath of, like, everybody, you know, like, in pain at the hospital and stuff, and the guy was mm -hmm. like, maybe, like, Godzilla will come back, who knows. And that felt kind of conclusive to me, I was like, okay, I guess this is the ending. And then they had, like, you know, the twist. Not, not even, I thought it was a twist, but just the reveal mm. of what, you know, the oxygen bomb was. And because they said it earlier, I thought that's going to be some kind of like, I don't know, <laughs> uh, allegory or something. I don't know. Yeah. Something I missed. I was like, okay, I don't get it. Can you explain it to me? But I was like, oh, wait, no. They're just setting up for the final act and what they're going to use yeah. there. I, I, that, was, yeah. that was so funny because I was like, wait, where did he get lost? I was Not that it was bad. I was just wondering if I missed something <laughs> explaining to you. Because I saw wait, another 20 minutes left. Okay, never mind. Like, they're going to explain to me everything. But it was really fun seeing you get to see it for the first time crash mm -hmm. because you're because I feel like everybody I know at this point has seen Gojira either because I told them to like I told Ton way <laughs> back in 2014 I was like go watch Gojira <laughs> yeah I've been I, I mm -hmm. I've been meaning to watch it for like years but I always put it off it's like oh it's just it's just an old Godzilla movie. <laughs> would be so fun about me watching this like whoa so this is what, this is what people meant <laughs> <laughs> that was really what happened when it got released over here like it got great critical reception in 2004 besides for fucking Roger Ebert who was like it's not that good guys mm -hmm. that was really dang but because he is, he's always had a hate on for Godzilla though but that's a whole big Saying it's mm -hmm. weird. We'll do a special episode. <laughs> Spe a special e episode. The Godzilla Roundtable v. Roger Ebert case file. <laughs> I just feel like 1954. Even if you weren't like too hot in the movie, he was like, okay, you know, I appreciate that. Was he like that? I don't know. No. no, he was like, he gave it a two out of four. And, and let me actually pull up his review. Because I remember reading it once and I was blown by it. Mm -hmm. and, I'll, and I'll post on a. Yeah, here we go. Oh, no, I was wrong. He gave it one and a half stars. Oh, one and a half? Oh, my God. Yeah. Here, I'll post it for you guys too, so you guys can see that I'm not lying about anything. Mm -hmm. That is unfortunate. <laughs> huh. 
you like the American version more? <laughs> no, no, he hates that too. Like he said, and I quote, the Japanese version, now in general U.S. release to mark the film's 50th anniversary, is a bad film. That that that's literally what he says. That's that's kind of mean. <laughs> I don't really agree. Bit of a, bit of a yikes, right there. <laughs> kind of... Another another from when I quote: "In these days of flawless special effects, Godzilla and the city he destroys are equally crude. Godzilla at times looks uncannily like a man in a lizard suit. It's a dinosaur suit." I shake, I shake with nerd rage, clutching my SH Monster Arts 1954 Godzilla, <laughs> stomping on cardboard sets, as indeed he was and did. Okay, see, I, I can't fucking read this, or, 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 or I'll get too mad as much as I shouldn't get mad, because it, it, it just blows me I, how, like, coded... Okay, I want to talk about that, because I, 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 I did not remember looking as... The puppet is really goofy. I'll I'll admit that. So I have to tell you, Crash. I was like, wait, 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 wait. It doesn't look like this the entire movie. I swear. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny, but uh, yeah, I mean, I thought most, I thought the effects were really good because they they had like a to scale another guy in the suit, and they made like mm-hmm. a small city to scale to that. Yeah, like that'll like small the pool and everything. Mm-hmm. So you know, he walked up out of that. I thought it looked good. You know, stepping on the train, train just picking it up. Nice. The suit looks awesome, in my opinion. I think it's the best and looking I also suit think because of this era. Black and white, it kind of masks any like you know, like the the building flaws like, in yeah, it. Yeah, any flaws yeah. like the set they built for him to stomp around because it looked good to me. Yeah, that's the thing. It wasn't cardboard, like he's saying. Like they actually really did, took a lot of effort. Like I told you, Crash, how the special effects team got arrested and had to be bailed <laughs> out because they're like, oh, we're gonna blow up this building. So the police literally arrested them until I say, no, no, no. They're doing it for a movie, we swear. They're not actually terrorists. Wow. <laughs> it, 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 so, yeah, so they put a lot of effort into it. And that suit was not easy to walk in. Like, the suit actors for this movie were Haru Nakajima, who everybody knows, and one other person. Well, let me look up his name, because people usually don't mention him. Um, <laughs> let, me look at him let me look him up real quick. But the power of Google and Wikizilla. Thank you, Wikizilla. You guys are great. Okay, let me see. The two people who played 954 Godzilla were, like I said, Haruo Nakajima and Katsumi Tezuka. Those were the two suit actors during during this movie. And those suits were brutal. Like, Haruo Nakajima said he sweat like a cup of, of sweat doing, doing the original Godzilla because the suit was that heavy and that hot. Because it wasn't made, it wasn't made, made, made with rubber. It was made with um, some kind of really tough... Material. Let me look and see if they say it. I might have to pull the suit bio because it's honestly crazy the work they did that they put into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the effects are super impressive, and you even pay a lot of attention to detail, even out of co- um, black and white. Like, um, mm-hmm. uh, just a fun fact that occurred to me is that the original. Godzilla's kind of known for being, like, this big green monster, but that didn't mm-hmm. come until the color movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and the original Godzilla was a dark brown, brown color. Brown. Yeah. yeah. Yep. The original was brown. Doug, do you want to hear something funny about the green color? What? Mm-hmm. There's only two Godzillas which are green, and they did not debut until 1999 and 2000, respectively, years-wise. Interesting. I wish... I kind of saw him, like, Green, black, black. I don't know. That's like my mental color. <laughs> he's to be like um actually he's charcoal gray in mo- in most incarnations, but he's brown in-, in the original movie, which from what I heard was meant to reflect keloid scarring from 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 radiation burns. But I've heard differently, and that it might have just been the way they made the suit. And also, like I said, there's been two green ones in 1999 and 2000, respectively. Oh, Everyone else was gray. Oh, there you have it. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Ton. I, I I hijacked you. No, it's fine. It's fine. To be um, actually, okay. Yeah, I, I found what it was made out of. They made it out of concrete. Concrete. Yes. Right. So it was a pain to move in. <laughs> and, Wait, and the, the, and the yes, the suit was made of concrete. That's fine. why. It used to be. To make it the reason why, like, kind of rough look to it. 
the reason why was actually because rubber and plastics were not yet available after after after, after WW two, so they had to use what sense. they had. Because originally, <laughs> because they originally wanted to do stop motion like like King Kong, but Toho was like, that costs too much money. You're not allowed. No, do something else. Mm-hmm. So they had to make do with the suit, and it stuck. But I think it looks great though, because it gives it like this imposing movement mm-hmm. where he's so slow and methodical in how he moves. Yeah, it makes him feel like a dinosaur. But continue, Ton. Oh, yeah, just Godzilla has this real sense of weight and scale mm-hmm. to his presence, which really like gives us just kind of this awe-inspiring presence. Like, um, you know. Not to like make live a great uh, of the great stop motion animes, but a lot of their monsters are very like fast and fluid. Yeah, they move very like swiftly, almost like you know they're just speeding along. But Godzilla yeah. just looks feels like a fifty meter tall creature just stomping through the city. Mm-hmm. And I feel like something I do want to touch based on, which I think is kind of an interest reading I've had. Is Godzilla being picked as a dinosaur? I think is really interesting because it's almost an eldritch horror element to him that he's this ancient being that was asleep for so long, only to be awoken by man. And I think, in a way, it kind of embodies something horrific about the idea of something from our past coming back to haunt us mm-hmm. that we've forgotten and we don't know of. And I think dinosaurs in general work really good for horror because of that. Like, even Jurassic Park, where you have the dinosaurs as monsters that we don't truly understand, but also animals, too, which we, which, which we're, are just out of their time. And I think Godzilla has that similar dichotomy, because he's also just a dinosaur out of his time, but to us, he's a monster because of how big he is and his abilities. And I think that's an interesting angle to look at the movie, too. True. I guess because we're we're meant to sympathize with Godzilla, kind of, right? Are we? Yep, we are. We are. So that was intentional. Hmm. I'm just, I'm just curious. So mm-hmm. does that, what does that represent if he's like also supposed to be like you know the bomb? Sympathetic. America. Because one reading of the movie is you can read Godzilla as a victim of it as much as everyone else. Because basically, what the what the producer Tomiyuki Tanaka intended as Godzilla's origin was the bombs killed his entire species and scarred him horrifically. And Japan used to be his territory back during the dinosaur era, the Mesozoic period. So he was coming back to his territory in a way, and feared humanity and lights because of what he experienced from the from the atom bombs. Yeah. So in a way. And I think that kind of makes you interested that they caught him with Sarazawa, because much like Sarazawa is the victim of the war, Godzilla too is in a way a victim as well. And I think that's why Sarazawa is meant to die with Godzilla, not just to keep his invention out of the hands of people who would use it for evil, but in a way, one could read it as penance almost for what Sarazawa did in the war, which I think is interesting. Because Sarazawa, in a way, acts a lot like a self-insert for for Ishiro Honda, who directed and co-wrote the movie. Which I know, Tom, me and you have talked about a lot, too. Mm-hmm. How Sarazawa feels almost like that self-insert for, for Ishiro Honda. <laughs> yeah. Just, self-insert makes me laugh. But yeah. <laughs> wow, Crash. No, just you this know, is a very serious movie. Just the movie. stigma of, you know, most modern mm-hmm. self-insert characters. Yeah, I know. I know. But in this case, this is before that era, the era of cringe. Yeah, so, way before that. So yeah, it makes sense. Because it's actually, you know, not it's not a self-insert to be like, look at me, I'm epic and cool. Self-insert mm-hmm. to kind of you know, reflect on yourself, as well as like what you've been through. And maybe there's a way to kind of cope with that, too. Yeah, that's how I've always read it. Because Honda still had PTSD and nightmares from his experiences of war up until he died, according, according to his family. Mm-hmm. Where where he'd have nightmares about the war, so so you can kind of see why this movie is as dark and somber as it is because it's Honda struggling with a lot of different things. I feel like like not just the war 
and not just the bombs and not just post-war Japan and the American occupation. It's a lot of different things, I feel like. Yeah. And I think I think that's what makes it so interesting because there's so many different ways to read this movie. You could read it like like you like ton like ton. I think you said this, right ton, about it being being about indigenous Japanese. You could mm-hmm. read it about it being about the war. You could read it about being about the bomb. And they're all valid and they're all in a way correct because the movie's trying to say so much, but it works though. It doesn't get drowned out by what it's trying to say. And I feel like that's why it's so powerful and why it's stuck around for for 60, I think 65 years now. Yeah, 60, this is going to be 66 years this November. That's amazing. And it's the longest running movie franchise ever, even longer than James Bond. And I think that's why, because, yeah, Godzilla's fun. It's fun to see, it's fun to see a dinosaur beat up other dinosaurs or beat up a giant moth or a giant alien dragon. But on the other hand, though, there's also so much deep stuff here, not just in this movie, but in future movies like GMK in 2001, or Return of Godzilla in 1984, or Shin Godzilla in 2016, or in my personal opinion, Godzilla 2014 and Godzilla King of the Monsters are also about, about a lot of stuff. I think, And I think that's why the franchise has lasted so long. But anyways, let me get off my soapbox and let you guys talk. No, that's, that's very interesting, yeah. I mean... There's a reason. Well, I mean, actually, I don't know what their review scores are like for these movies. I don't know what people think. I mean, mm-hmm. It's pretty. It's a long-running series, so obviously. It's very yeah. But I mean, yeah, you need something, some kind of substance to your stuff for it to have that lasting appeal and impact on people. You can look at mm-hmm. cool stuff all the time, and that's what draws you in. And you know, stuff you kind of like talked about afterwards, but like, it's more the, the deeper things in the movie, or whatever media, like that, that kind mm-hmm. of you know, you know maybe. That, you know, it gives you something to talk about. It kind of helps make an impact for, like, movies. And yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting with franchises just as a concept is, um, you know, mm-hmm. we all kind of have, like, this core idea of what something is. Like, uh, I won't, you know, start a huge tangent here, but it's like, you know. <laughs> Go ahead. Had, do we, do big tangents. <laughs> we We're pro big tangents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, we live in an era of, like, sequels and reboots, and so many, like, old, beloved franchises have come back, some more successfully than others, and <laughs> others in kind of, like, a mix zone, like, so we have, you know, superhero, superheroes dominating the theaters with, um, mm-hmm. um DC and Marvel characters, then there's Star Wars recently has been trying to make a comeback and Star Trek on TV mm-hmm. and a lot of the debate and discussion kind of revolves around is like you know what are these franchises and what should they be and mm-hmm. sh- do we really have the right to like change what these characters are and what they're saying and just mm-hmm. all these concepts but then for some franchises that are just truly timeless like Godzilla it's mm-hmm. like that's never been a question it's mm-hmm. the idea of Godzilla is just so adaptable. It's like Godzilla can be war. Godzilla can be um, the ecosystem, the environment. Mm-hmm. He can be um, politics, uh, nuclear weapons. It's yeah. Just such an adaptable character. And if you can't make Godzilla about something, you can make a monster for Godzilla to fight. And like, um, like just now, I was thinking about how like. You know, just how recent Gojira was. Mm-hmm. Like, the American occupation had just ended. In, it literally like, just ended. In 1952. And I was just saw a note just now that the Japanese Self-Defense Force, which is, like, famous for fighting Godzilla mm-hmm. and media, Japanese media, uh, was established in 1954. So Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's it was brand new. I remember reading just on that point that people think that if Gojira was made a little bit earlier, America would have blocked it from from, from being released because mm. it was so provocative in what it was trying to say about about America and about the Japanese government. But the thing is, though, is it's interesting because it's critical of, of both sides. It's very critical of America's occupation and what that meant for Japan. But on the same point, though, it's not positive to impure Japan at all. Mm-hmm. 
Like, because Han, mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead, go first. I've talked too much, so I'll let you say it. <laughs> oh no, sorry, I was, I was just oh, going to make a quote. It's like Imperial Japan isn't really referenced at all. Um, mm-hmm. I, there's vague mentions from older characters about you know like the good old days or the past, or they talk about mm-hmm. the youth, but they don't mention the Empire, and they don't really mention America either beyond like no. Um, Passive mention about international coalitions being formed to respond to the Godzilla crisis, which is interesting. It kind of shows Honda's um, optimism. Yeah. Even this It really starts as early, yeah. And, like, that's the thing. It's very vague about it. Like, even Sarazawa. Sarazawa lost his eye in the war. They never say World War Two or even the Pacific War. They just say the war. Or, like, or like what America... What they because they because they don't want to shake the boat with with our international relations is what they'll say, and mm. it's very smart about it because it's not in a way it is trying to preach, but it it at the same point though it's trying to say so much that I don't think it's single handedly condemning any one side. It's just kind of saying this is what happened. A lot of it is bad. How can we at least try to move forward? And and the thing is. Gojira doesn't even give a perfect solution for that. Sora Sarazawa gives his life rather than have the weapon be be used again, which I, which is what Honda said he wished the atomic bomb makers did, because that's the thing. Sarazawa is like Oppenheimer, but he's not Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer in the end did give did let the atomic bomb bomb be used. Honda said he's what he wished Oppenheimer was, mm-hmm. and I think in the end. Gojira is almost pessimistic about our future, because it says like, maybe there'll be mm-hmm. another Godzilla someday. And he and, and and he's right. Like literally, the very next year, you get Godzilla raids again, which I know isn't <laughs> the deepest one, but I, you have to kind of think about what that's trying to say. And when you look at it now in 2020, we're having Russia testing nukes still, and we're having America trying to dissolve nuclear hats under our under our president and honda was almost like my friends like hadju apostle have said prophetic about stuff like the fact that 66 years from now from from when that movie came out we're still debating nuclear weapons and how to use them and how to do war and it's almost sobering when you realize that Mm um it's kind of interesting how you see how different cultures react to, you know, evolving technology and weaponry. Like, in the mm-hmm. West during the 50s, you know, nuclear weapons were, like, all the rage. It was, like, it was the cool thing to talk about. Like, there's old mm-hmm. pulpy magazines about atomic spaceships taking astronauts into space, and they launch nukes at aliens, and it's <laughs> just all... <laughs> about how cool and awesome that will be driving around nuclear-powered cars and um, uh, living in cities powered by nuclear energy. Nukes were the future. Mm -hmm. Which is how where that kind of like franchise like Fallout get that you know, atomic punk um, aesthetic. And Mm -hmm. then Japan, who was hit by the nuclear bomb, they're like, holy shit, these things are horrible. Why would we ever use these again? Mm -hmm. And you just see a lot of cautionary tales against, Mm -hmm. like, evolving weaponry and building, you know, weapons of mass destruction. And in a way, like you said, with with the Godzilla returns and um, even Sarazawa's fears with the oxygen destroyer. Yeah, those come... Yeah, those come back. Crash Vine spoilers for a movie that's like 25 years old. <laughs> Which one? Godzilla versus, Godzilla versus, Des- versus Destroyer or, De- or Destoroya. The main monster in that is from the Oxygen Destroyer infecting crabs when it was used on Godzilla. So like so like you were saying, Ton, even then, even for Sarazawa's good intentions, his fears, his fears were entirely right. It did birth something just as horrifying as Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And that's just strong. That that's a very hard hitting message. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just fascinating to me how kind of like these tales get reflected in real life. Like you said, you know, nuclear weapons haven't gone away, and um, they've only gotten more powerful since 
Shield Year came out, and even now we're facing like um, new kinds of weapons that might be just as devastating, if not dangerous. Like you know, um, the new fear now is drone warfare. Yeah. I was reading an article about how you know the military is experimenting with swarms of automated drones that'll just fly down, blow up at targets they identify without even having a human at the control. So, you know, even back in the, it's just telling that even back in 1954, we had people warning us about how, you know, reckless science could bring devastating weapons and nations will seek this out and mass produce them. And then you kind of see it reflected in real life. And um, originally, you know, it was kind of like at odds with Western culture, but you kind of see Western culture is kind of slowly adapted to these ideas like mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of franchises with kind of cautionary themes about technology and sciences evolution like mm-hmm. terminator or jurassic park or mm-hmm. um even like um you know kind of superhero movies like yeah. um, winter soldier they all kind of, i feel like that all kind of, you could kind of trace that back to Godzilla and the yeah, influence God, mm-hmm. it had. Godzilla was like the first real anti-nuclear movie because the American version, despite being massively neutered, it still was not positive about nukes. Mm-hmm. And I think that like the most positive Honda ever was about radiation was in Frankenstein Conquers the World mm-hmm. where they're looking to see if they could use radiation to cure diseases and heal people. And I feel like that's the most positive he ever was. Never yeah. as a weapon. And I think what King of the Monsters, not to get too, on too big of a tangent because this, that movie will be a big episode, but with King of the Monsters 2019, the new usage in that I know has been very controversial and I can kind of get it. But at the same point, it's not being used as a weapon. It's being used as, as a way to bring life. And I think that's the most optimistic Honda could ever possibly be about nuclear weapons and nuclear warfare, where to use them not as weapons, but as something to bring life or to heal. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'll just kind of jump in since we're on the top of nuclear weapons is that, you know, once again, even though I mentioned earlier that Godzilla doesn't have that issue of, you know, how what Godzilla can be like other franchises do. The recent movies had a lot of controversy and debate about how nuclear weapons are, you know, represented and portrayed mm-hmm. compared to the original theme. Sometimes Godzilla fans kind of argue like, you know, mm-hmm. by having nuclear weapons do anything positive at all mm-hmm. in the Godzilla franchise is like an insult to Gojira. Mm-hmm. And I just find it interesting how, you know, um, we have these debates um, over kind of like Honda's vision even so long yeah. after his death. Yeah, it shows how big of an impact he left. Where I feel like even among other Godzilla movies, which might be as popular or in some circles more popular, I don't think any one figure in terms of directors is as like present over the entire franchise as a Shiro Honda, his legacy, even after his death in 1993, is just so looming. Even, not even just with Godzilla, but among Japanese film in general, because he co-directed a lot of films by Akira Kurosawa, just so you know, Crash. Hmm. And he was best friends with Akira Kurosawa. So his impact on Japanese film is just massive. I think one of the kind of interesting white whales of the Godzilla fandom and perhaps even Godzilla creators is I feel like everyone kind of wants there to come a day when we'll get a Gojira 2. And Mm -hmm. while there's been plenty of sequels to Gojira, none of them really capture this feeling that Gojira has. It's this sense of awe and Mm -hmm. political relevance in it. I honestly have kind of come to the feeling in recent years that I don't 
know if that day will ever come. Like, Shin Godzilla certainly comes close to that feeling, but even mm-hmm. that, I would argue, doesn't quite reach that I'd agree. emotional high of Gojira. Same. I, I feel like Gojira is just such a deep, personal, and traumatic film for Honda, based on so much stuff in his life. Like, just the fact that when the military tried to do a coup of, of, of the government, Honda's unit was arrested, and he nearly missed the birth of his first child. Or just the fact that he was, I believe, I'm a... No, no, okay, never mind, I got it. Or, like, in World War II, his fighting in China, when he had to guard a comfort camp, and the horrifying stuff he saw there, and then after all the experiences of war, seeing his friends die, nearly being killed by a shell just happening to not explode next to him, which he took with him his entire life. He always had it on his desk, according to his family. And then to come back from all of that to Hiroshima, one of the biggest cities in Japan at the time, just leveled with all the people dead or dying or horrifically scarred. And that is just, like, years of his life. And, and untreated PTSD, because back in the 40s, PTSD was not even a term. It wasn't invented in, until Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And just to have to live with all of that inside. And I think that as people, as I myself who, who has PTSD, I think that that's something you can't quite capture unless that's your experience. And I think that's why Gojira is the way it is. And I, and I agree with you. I don't think we'll ever get a Gojira 2 in quite the same way. Mm-hmm. Like, barring some horrific tragedy happening to the world, which um, hopefully not, we'll see 2020. <laughs> <laughs> give, give us a break, pal. But yeah, just it's hard to really capture an experience unless you've had that experience or something similar. So it's just interesting to see a film made by a veteran and and just kind of the unique approach to filmmaking that Ishiro Honda had that front that I would argue wouldn't necessarily get from a civilian um, Mm -hmm. director. Yeah, I'd agree to be honest. All right, does Gary Crash? Do you want to give your closing remarks? I, I know we kind of talked over you no, a lot. Fine. I mean, I was going to say that's that's one thing I can't really comment on. I don't have I don't have much experience with the series at all yet. Don't know much about mm-hmm. the future ones and what they're going to encompass. Mm-hmm. So far, the ones I've seen are definitely the Godzilla movies that kind of felt more like what's the word? They weren't just trying to be a sequel, as in like you know, mm-hmm. I guess 2014 and King of the Monsters. And they were, mm-hmm. they were trying to kind of, you know, I guess, push the series forward into something fresh. Yeah. As opposed to what mm-hmm. seems like everything between that, there's a lot of good stuff, there's also a lot of stuff that's just kind of like, let's just have monsters fight for fun, you know? So I don't mm-hmm. I don't have that perspective you guys have yet. At least yeah. not yet. That's why I, I feel I couldn't really say much, because I was like, I guess you're right. I don't know. I I'm sorry, yet. Crash. No, 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 it's fine. I mean, that's kind of your guys' point right now. But I'm saying, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I get that. So hopefully, as I see more, I'll be able to kind of, have more input on that kind of stuff right now but yeah, yeah i do think a personal aspect is kind of what makes like any media like you know that's kind of makes it click with people you know because you mm-hmm. feel it's hard there's passion in it it's not like you know soulless there's something that want he wanted to be said and you can feel it like every direction he took in the movie gojira mm-hmm. and that's i guess why you say that one sticks out so much and why the sequel is kind of hard to do because you don't have that perspective anymore mm-hmm yeah, yeah that, that's the thing. But I'm excited to see what the future holds for Godzilla. And see what oh, I can't. The next one will be interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do, do, do you have any closing remarks, Ton, before I close it off? Um, I, I think we had a really good discussion. Um, yeah, same. There's, there's so much to talk about with Godzilla, and it's just such a great franchise, and no, shout out to Shiro Honda and the cast and crew of Gojira 1954 for making what I consider to be one of the most beautiful movies ever made. I know Same. someone listening will probably roll their eyes when I say that, but you know <laughs> that's just how I feel about Gojira, and I doubt I'll ever die that way towards that movie. So, yep, that'll be my closing remarks. 
Alright everyone, this was episode one of the Godzilla Roundtable about Godzilla 1954, aka Gojira. You guys can check us out on Twitter. You can find me at FairyZilla. You can find Ton at at, at, at Dog, and you can find Crash at CrashFan1000. Right, Crash? Yes, it's, yeah. but it's spelled like 1-O-O-O. Okay. <laughs> Just because I'm petty. Crash, <laughs> Crash, Crash corrected me. And we'll probably be doing an intro video for the channel as soon as our other Fort cohort is finally ready to make his video. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> but, in, but until then, this has been the Godzilla Roundtable, and thank you for listening.